Welcome to the Birthing Instincts Podcast. I'm Dr. Stuart Fishbein, community-based practicing obstetrician and longtime advocate for birth choices. And I'm Bliss Young, a licensed midwife. Join us in our conversational style podcast where we talk about everything birth. Sometimes we laugh, sometimes we cry, but we're happy that you're here. So here we go. This, this is, is a Soul Fire, Fire production. production. Hello, fellow <laughs> travelers. Welcome to the Birthing Instincts Podcast. Welcome back, everybody. <laughs> so guess what I was listening? Guess what I was listening to in my car today? Us? Nope. Uh my interview on doing it at home? You. I was listening to you. Yeah. Yeah. I felt like I should chime in because every time you're talking, it felt like I'm supposed to interrupt you and say something. But <laughs> I interrupt uh, me. <laughs> yeah. So I'm not through the whole podcast yet, but I'm sure it was uh lovely. Thank you. I thought it. I thought it was a really good interview. I thought it really represented uh, my passions, and um, that that was that was good. What, what was your biggest takeaway? My biggest takeaway from from doing the interview. Um, I, I was just so imp- passionate about coming off of the weekend of a Nate journey, and I I uh, I got to talk about God a lot, and I don't talk about God a lot on this podcast very much. So, um, that really worked for me felt good to be out of the closet so to speak yeah i think i think a lot of people don't talk about god enough actually and and uh whether you whether you believe in any organized religion or not um doing what we do you can't really not believe in god yeah and i i'd like i said on on there i'm not a christian midwife because i think sometimes when you say something about god people think you're christian i i'm not and i i um but I am on a spiritual path and uh, definitely it's a big part of what I do. So that was, that was good. Yeah. And if any of our listeners have any uh, confusion, I'm not a Christian midwife. either. (laughs) Hey, I noticed that we both got our hair done today. Well, yeah, I should say something, but I didn't notice you did because that's okay. I'm a guy and I don't notice stuff like that sometimes. Sometimes you do. And, and but I, I wondered if we're on the same schedule of getting our hair done. It just made me laugh. Well, I'm getting my hair cut partly because uh, next week, well, by the time this podcast comes out, I'll be well on my way to uh, Kentucky. I want to say yeehaw. <laughs> you can say <laughs> yeehaw. Let's both say yeehaw at the same time. Yeehaw. Yeehaw. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, so I have a correction this week. Okay. So on the last podcast, you mentioned uh, we don't endorse that here, speaking about free birth. And I wanted to say uh, I actually am in support of women birthing their babies, people birthing their babies any way that they want. And if they want someone in attendance, great. If they want to do it on their own, I think that's amazing. And if they want to do it in the hospital, hire a doula. <laughs> um, but I just wanted to kind of make that correction because for me, I su- I definitely support free birth. Yeah, and you know what? It's funny when I heard that again. I I, I heard myself say that we don't endorse that, and that was the doctor and the doctor stew part of me coming out. And I'm not exactly sure why I said that. Part of me was going through a phase at that time, I think, about about feeling like we were talking about uh, government tyranny and about laws coming down from the medical board 
um, about misinformation, which we all know to be information that's true, but that somebody doesn't like, as the actual definition of it. And, um, you know, from my profession, the idea of endorsing free birth as an obstetrician is something that 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 is way out there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is. But yeah. from our from our perspective, we're into choice, and uh, the best yeah. choice is to free birth because they have no other choice. <laughs> 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 which is which is a condemnation on my profession. Then, um, then yes, I would I, I agree with you one hundred percent. Um, one of my clients is reading a book about free birth. And if she hadn't found me, she was actually going to do a free birth. And when she sent me a picture of this book that she's reading about free birth, I just thought, how great is that? She's totally empowering herself to be able to take uh, complete ownership over her dominion, over her birth experience, even though she hired a midwife to make her feel, you know, even that much more comfortable. So I, I'm, I think it's awesome. Yeah. And you know, what's interesting too, is, is that, is that we have to give it a adjective, but it's just birth. Right. So (laughs) the idea that we have to put free birth means that everything else is, is unfree birth. It costs you money. (laughs) Yeah, it does cost you money. Right. (laughs) Um, Okay. I've got a couple more little things, but, but did you, I have, I have, I have, I have a few things. So great. All right, let's do that. Um, didn't have any births last week, had a bunch of home visits. It was really nice because it was my, all my clients had delivered and I went to see uh, all of them that had delivered recently for a postpartum visit. We did all on the same day. It was great. And it was sort of a, a love fest and a fair, you know, a farewell fest. Everything's a little bit changed and a little bit different now because for the first time in my career, I have nobody on my calendar. Yeah. And that's weird. And for the last couple of nights, even though I haven't been sleeping well for a long time, I, I go to bed with a with one slight level down of anxiety. Not anxiety. Anxiety is not the right word. Just knowing that 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 if I wake up in the middle of the night, I can go back to bed. If I I could sleep in, you know, I still have office hours for another week, but but I you know that's two days a week. So I've been I've been having a really interesting slow. I'm glad they're all delivered now because it gives me almost 10 days of slow transition before I get on the road to do yeah. a lot of things. And I've been hustling around, tying up some loose ends. I'm trying to, you know, I've got to keep everything going. I've got my apartment. I've got my, I got to have someone check my mail. I got to have someone check on the, the animals. I've got to have all that stuff set up. So, um, but nobody on the calendar. That I, I, I understand. I know that that must be quite a change for you because you've been doing it three times longer than I have. So, yeah. So, um, any, uh, some a little bit more follow up on our last podcast. Um, you know, Instagram put a warning on one of our memes. Have you, have you oh. seen that? No. Oh yeah. It. it we were talking about the, all, the memes about you know the um, HPV vaccine and the SIDS and all that, and they put a little warning on it, or did, not a warning, but a little flowery thing at the bottom that says "Get vaccinated." Get vaccinated. Oh, really? That's amazing. <laughs> that yeah. is amazing. <laughs> and then, and then, um, you know, there's an Instagram story or a post that was that was out that I that I posted because I thought it was funny mm-hmm. because it, 
I'm not, and I'm not getting political here at all. I just think that whether what's no matter what side of the spectrum you're on, you need to be able to answer a simple question. And when someone asks somebody what is a woman, and they can't answer the question because they're so stuck in this, they don't want to offend anybody, so they don't, so they they sound really dumb. And so there's this there's this picture of this couple who just gave birth and the doctor's holding the baby. And the parents go, well, what is it, a boy or a girl? And the doctor goes, I don't know. I'm not a biologist. <laughs> <laughs> so there's lots and lots of humor, all right, going on. And people are sending me these things. And they're just like, I hope that we're getting more laughter in the world, that we, we have to look at these things as being unbelievably silly, that if you can't answer the question, what is a woman? A woman is an adult female, all right? That, that would be like a very simple answer to the question yeah all right I know very that, good you pass right okay um <laughs> i want to re-emphasize a couple things from the last podcast which would have been like two podcasts ago i guess but i want people to be appalled by what authorities and the pd uh, the american association of pediatrics american academy of pediatrics stuff did with the the definition of sids and changing sids to suffocation in bed and claiming that they lowered the SIDS or these things should really piss people off. Mm -hmm. Right. And um, the HPV deception too, the, the marketing of HPV saying that, well, wouldn't you want, if you could prevent cancer, wouldn't you want to take a vaccine that will do that? And enticing young kids and teenagers to go get vaccinated and trying to lobby Congress or, or states to get, allow children down to age 12 or even younger to get vaccinated without parental permission. What are you doing? First of all, you're, you're giving a promise that you know isn't true because it's never been tested. This is constantly, this has been going on for years and years. And, and the more I look back at stuff, this isn't, you know, we've all woken up a little bit in the last two years, but the more I've looked back at stuff, this sort of gaslighting has been going on for my entire life. And obviously long before that, if you look back at these, medical experiments that were done or the, or the misinformation that, the, which were, which is lies that were told to us um, growing up. 80% of doctors prefer Winston's. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Those are cigarettes. If you didn't so, know that. <laughs> um, the CDC had something out recently, which I just, I just have to, I had to do this because it, it came in a, in a, an ad from the Center for Disease Control, and it was an update on recommendations. And one of the recommendations on MMR vaccine was that you can get the MMRV, which has got the varicella in it now. So now instead of three things that have never been tested in a human given at the same time, they now have four things that have never been tested in a human giving at the same time. And that may be used for routine vaccination, but separate MMR or varicella is preferred for dose one in children 12 to 47 months old. So they're actually telling you not to do that in young kids, unless the parents prefer to have four given at one time. And then they also add that the meningitis, which has four different um, types of meningitis, there's an A, a C, a W, and a Y, may be given simultaneously with meningitis B, but at different anatomic sites. So in other words, the CDC is endorsing people getting four or five vaccines at the same time. Yeah. I don't think I need to say any more other than 
don't why do you ever trust these people don't trust these people save your family save your children do your research read your reach the uh, ask them for the package insert ask yep. the, ask them what's in it okay ask them all these questions um before you just voluntarily go in like a lemming and line up and get this stuff shot into your little kids okay bliss it's time for a commercial break for one of our sponsors and we do, yeah we do love our sponsors they help support the podcast yeah and right now we're talking about element um that's spelled l-m-n-t and it's a tasty electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't as you like to say None of the BS. None of the BS. It's formulated to help anyone with electrolyte needs. And in the birthing instincts world, as you know, Bliss, you know, long hours, little sleep, it's good for birth workers. And it's really good for, for moms in labor yeah. because in labor, they need electrolytes. And a lot of times they drink, we tell them to drink a lot of water and then they get like imbalance in their electrolytes. And then they drink sugar water and, you know, you need calories, but not so much in the drink. You need the calories to come in the more complex carbohydrates. So Element's a great way to keep your uh, body well hydrated with the proper electrolytes. I know, yes. you have, I know you have a favorite. Yeah, mango chili is my favorite, so. So at the Element website, by the way, when you sign up, when you go to drinkelement.com and you put in backslash birthing instincts, you do get a free sample pack with only the cost of shipping, which I think is five bucks. That's right. Please support them and support us. Thanks so much. Thank you, Element. One other thing before we bring on our guest, by the way, you can give a foreshadowing of our guest. Well, today um, I'm so excited because I get to have like both of my my partners um, together in one room. That doesn't happen very often. So Hayes Hawk um, Rosen is um, the lovely woman that I do the Nate journey with, and we are going to talk about sex, 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 sex. And I'm going to listen. <laughs> <laughs> no, we want you to chime in. I will chime yes. in. Oh, one okay. more thing about the CDC, by the way. I don't know if people have been paying attention, um, but the CDC recent, recently adjusted its numbers on the number of children who died, I think, from from COVID, they readjusted it, they made corrections in it because their numbers were like 28% too high, all right? And isn't it interesting as you watch these things begin to crumble that you begin to see the CDC or the NIH beginning to change their numbers or the way they did, every time they do that, every screw up they've done was initially in their favor. And then, the, and then they corrected it. it. Just simple odds would say that sometimes they screwed up the other way but they never screwed up the other way. Mm -hmm. They only screwed up to make it look like the vaccine was more effective or the disease was more deadly every single time. Okay, one letter from South Africa, because it's South Africa and it's like far away and I like that. <laughs> um, Dear Dr. Stu and Bliss, I would like to thank you for your podcast. I binge listened to your during my pregnancy. I live in South Africa and lost my job when the airline I worked for closed down due to the ridiculous lockdowns and travel restrictions over the last two years, crippling them. The positive side of to losing my job is that my husband and I decided it was time to start a family. I ended up having to fire my gynecologist because she treated me like a medical emergency waiting to happen just because I'm already 40 years old. I was aware of the tricks because your podcast opened my eyes and gave me the confidence to switch to the care of a midwife. 
Yay. Thumbs Long up. Long story short, I gave birth to our little girl on March 1st at my midwife's house. Unfortunately, my midwife wasn't as hands-off as I assumed. She broke my water and then told me to push. I didn't feel like I needed to push. And now that my water was broken, the contractions were excruciating. She yeah. said I wasn't pushing right and had to cut me. But other than that, <laughs> I'm so proud of what my body was able to do. Your podcast played a huge role in helping me stand firm in my choice not to go to the gynecologist route and become a C-section statistic. Uh, please keep up the amazing work and being the voice of reason. And then she attached an article um, about the shocking state of the C-section rate in South Africa. So I just wanna, first of all, I wanna say thank you um, to Melanie for writing that and for also just, you know, we always say, you know, seek out a midwife, but there are, midwives are of different quality as well. Liz is nodding for those of you listening. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, yeah. The, the, there are medwives and there are um, midwives who uh, practice, um, with, you know, more with more intervention. So that was a perfect example that even though you switched uh, and didn't have a C-section, which is great, um, I, you know enough to know that those were things that probably weren't necessary. So I'm sorry for that. Me too. All right, so in South Africa, this is, this, this is interesting for many reasons. One in four babies in the public sector have a C-section. One in four babies? Mm-hmm, well, one in four. <laughs> <laughs> one in four mothers <laughs> in the public sector are delivered by C-section. Uh-huh. Babies are delivered. Mm -hmm. Seven in 10 in the private sector, babies are delivered by C-section. Okay. Huh. Mm -hmm. So even healthy patients are delivering via C-section in the private sector, obviously. Mm -hmm. It seems reasonable to think that at least some of these are being conducted without good medical reasoning. Thus, there is a need to explore what is driving these rising rates. Um, one of the, they have a doctor who's a, an apologist for this interviewed in this thing, and his name is Dr. Bandurker. And he says that this could be linked to the fact that mothers are giving birth at a later age. What do you think about that, Bliss? I think that's BS. BS. I wrote, yes. so what? Yeah, so what? Advanced maternal age has been linked to increased health risks during pregnancy and childbirth, including hypertension, gestational diabetes, and placenta previa. I didn't really know that it had a big effect on placenta previa. And I think these things are all really small. So this mm -hmm. is sort of a sleight of hand thing that he's yes. saying. Yes. Which means all those things may necessitate a, a C-section. And let me tell you right now that Hypertension and gestational diabetes do not necessitate a C-section. <laughs> Very good point, Stu. Right. <laughs> that would be misinformation from Dr. Bander. Skewed consent. Correct. When age is considered, C-section rates in the private sector show that the rates of C-sections were lowest among mothers younger than 25 years of age. 63% of mothers under 25 were still getting a C-section. Well, the rate increased to 80.6% of women over 40. Wow. But, in the, but the private sector C-section rate among young mothers at 63%, a group that should not have age-related complications is still much higher than that of the public sector at 13% for that same age category. Yeah. 
So advanced maternal age alone cannot explain the cesarean section rates. Duh. <laughs> you, know, do you, you know, when you read these news articles, to me, they're sometimes written at a, um, at a fourth grade level. Mm -hmm. They really are. Here's one, here's one where I labeled no shit. Dr. Banderker also suggests that mothers may fear childbirth. <laughs> you know, sometimes I do these things, Bliss, just to hear your little snickering going on because it just, <laughs> just cheers me up. Or they may prefer to control their due date. Oh, yeah, that's true, unfortunately. Yeah, but who gives them that? Who gives them that idea? Who puts that idea in their head? Uh, the culture, yeah. Instagram. Yeah, better planning for maternity leave is a good reason to do a C-section on your baby. But then the question is, why is this so much higher in South Africa? Wouldn't this be a worldwide phenomenon? You're, that's very true. Good point again. Yet part of the process that Dr. Banderker doesn't mention is the possibility that mothers may be electing to undertake C-section in higher numbers because of the influence of their care provider. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. You think? <laughs> Um, research shows that most healthy women prefer a vaginal delivery. So I wrote in the margin of this one, I read, thank God for research grants. <laughs> how, how would we know that most women prefer a vaginal delivery if we didn't do research? All right. Uh, healthcare provider bias is difficult to assess, according to these people. And I said, is it? I think only an academic would say that. I really don't believe that the healthcare provider bias is difficult to assess. You listen to the words that come out of them and you can assess it. It's pretty simple. I hear your bias. You hear my bias. You do? Yeah. I don't need a research <laughs> grant to tell you what our bias is. Um, doing, uh, offering elective C-section should be discouraged and doing so is ethically not justified. Well, thank goodness for that. All right. Great. Um, the World Health Organization including, uh, uh, also recommends that health education for women, including childbirth training workshops for mothers and couples, um, they recommend for those are led by nurses. In addition, they recommend the clinical guidelines be developed for healthcare providers to provide mandatory second opinions for cesarean section indication. This is like piling one roadblock on top of another roadblock. This is like, you know, you create a problem, you solve the problem by creating more problems. Indeed. And they, and they don't obviously trust the practitioner and I wouldn't either. Right? <laughs> it's a sorry state of, of, of affairs. Yeah. You know, I could go on with this. People know where I'm going with this. Um, it just, it's, it, it, it leads down to the assessment that I would always get to when we talk about that. And that's even in South Africa, what they're saying is they need more. Regulations, laws. Oh, I don't know. Midwives. Oh, midwives. Yes. Of course. Yes. 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 We do need more midwives. We need more midwives. That's what they're saying. My profession, I've said it many times, is creating its own obsolescence. And at some point, people are going to figure it out. And, you know, they're going to end up having to lobby their local um, legislatures to pass laws that say it's illegal for women to go to midwives or whatever in order to keep their business, because otherwise their business is going to leave them. And if I can do one thing on my sabbatical or in the future, 
depending where my practice and my, my work goes, it's going to be to see the rate of home birth in the United States rise from its one, 1 1.2%, whatever it is now. To, I'd like to see it be 5% within the next five to 10 years. And then obviously after that, if I'm still living, I'll have a new goal, but we'll take it from, we'll take it from there. You got a very reasonable goal. I, I, I think I just said today maybe that in my lifetime, I would like to see midwives being the primary caregivers. Yeah, they should be. Yeah. And, and, and there are like England does have it right. Mm -hmm. Mostly. Mostly. I, yeah. Well, look at even, even some, it depends on the midwife training. Like we just, that story from Melanie where mm -hmm. the midwife was more of a medwife in certain aspects. That's going to happen, but at least we're going to see women giving birth vaginally, which is how, you know, after the research paper says that most women would prefer that. So that's what they would probably like to do. <laughs> I would endorse that as well. Okay, so uh, we have a guest today. And um, since you and Hayes, if you, Hayes, you want to hit your video button, there you go. Um, since you know each other so well, I'm going Thank to you. turn the turn the microphone over to Bliss. Oh, hello. I'm so happy to see you. I was, I don't know if you got to hear me, but I was saying it's so fun to have my two like partners in crime in the room at the same time. That doesn't happen very often. So so we're so happy that you're joining us. Um, so for those of you who don't know, I talk about you all the time on the podcast, by the way. Oh, you do? Of course, because I talk about the innate journey. And when we were working together, I talked about you all the time. And yeah, I mean, big love, girl, for you. You know this. <laughs> you always um, have. <laughs> so um, for those of you who don't know who Hayes is, um, Hayes is an advanced senior midwife student, assistant midwife, master doula, a spiritual mentor. She supports families in their journey to and through birth with holistic, spiritual, and emotional an emotionally centered approach. She sees and supports the divine in everyone and uses her many creative gifts to fortify those beliefs in others. I would, I would say in watching you work, that is absolutely a beautiful description. <laughs> Hayes believes that pregnancy is a spiritual, emotional, mental, and physical journey. She co-founded the Victoria Project so that more families can have access to the type of care that reflects this process and sets them up for a successful birth and parenting experience. Um, I definitely would love for you to uh, talk about the Victoria Project before we jump off, but we're talking about what today? You tell me. <laughs> oh, I <laughs> forgot. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, okay. that, it's that glorious three-letter word, but I, I would like to hear about the uh, Victoria Project, too. You want to have her talk about sure. that? Yeah. Give Tell us, us a few about words the Victoria on the Victoria Project, Project before we talk about sex. Before we talk about sex embarrassing you? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. Tell us about what the Victoria Project is. Well, it's, it's arisen out of a need and a necessity for women to be supported having um, home births working with midwives and doulas. And um, it was the, the dream child of Janelle. And then she, her and Deja reached out to me and we just kind of made it happen. It was a very special, it has a very special meaning to us. And we are so loving it and just feeling so empowered to support 
and and really make sure that the you know the practitioners are supported and that's you know that's a big piece of it too because they have to take care of themselves as well you know yeah. and although we are always doing things for community you know like like Stu I don't know if you remember you're giving some really great advice to this young girl who who's thinking about being a midwife because I called you up and said could you check out her mother something's going on and she had just reached out to me that to me from nowhere um, and you actually ignited an, a future midwife and you actually really gave that woman some comfort. We're always doing things like that, you know, just kind of doing these little freebies and doing these little things and, but we still have to support ourselves. And it's really great that they are um, feeling supported and compensated for what they're doing. And that money is not an issue for how they show up or what they can provide. So that's been, yeah, my really. my, uh, my limited experience with the Victoria Project has been a couple of very nurturing meetings and, uh, and, and luncheons, which were unbelievable, and <laughs> um, and camaraderie, but also the fact that there that you guys it's obviously limited. There are there are not unlimited funds, but it's you you've helped families who otherwise would never have been able to have a birth experience that they wanted because they couldn't afford it mm -hmm. um, to come into my care with whether were twins or breaches or with other midwives, certainly um, helping them financially, but also helping them and supporting them emotionally and in, in, in developing a sense of community. I mean, you're based out of Santa Barbara, but you know, what is the range of, of, of area and stuff that you are helping people? Well, we started with Los Angeles because they, they really wanted me to help create it, establish it, kind of curate the experience, what was happening. Um, then we um, connected with Sugar Hill Gang, with Raquel Lemus, and then we thought about, okay, what can we do? And we got a lot of inf a lot of um, requests from different parts of America, and we thought, okay, we just need to get this perfect here first. So Los Angeles to Santa Barbara, looking at Ojai, and then we're going to move into San Diego. Um, so it's like, it's, you know, keeping it small. We just want to get it working perfectly here so that we can duplicate it in other places. Um, and have, you met, have, you met, have you met filmmaker Jen Pinto? I have not. Okay. Um, I'll talk to you after. Thank you, because we're getting ready to do something like that. So that would be need fantastic. To, I need to connect <laughs> you too. She's working on a film called Birth Control, which is a, a play on words, obviously. It's about women taking back control of birth. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, think the Victoria, I think the Victoria Project should be at least considered. I'm not, I'm not her producer. I'm, I have nothing to do with it. But I'm going to get a hold of her because we've been, we, we communicate on Instagram still and I'm going to get a hold of her. And uh, if people wanted to, we're going to have a lot of information on you at the end. But right now, if people wanted to know more about the Victoria Project, where would they go? Oh my gosh. I think the easiest thing for them to do is go to the Instagram page, the, the Victoria Project. You know, okay. um, and we also do have a website and I can, should I put it in the chat or something? You can, you can give it to well, us, we'll put it in the show notes. I'll give notes. it to you guys, okay. Yeah, okay. We'll, we'll link all the information in the show notes. So if people wanna donate or find out more about the project, they can do that. So That'd be thank great. You, yeah, thank you for the work that you're doing. Um, and uh, again, so good to see you here. Cause I do this every week and I get to see Stu every week, but it's every just week. a delight to see your beautiful <laughs> smile and your yellow. 
Um, so let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me. Let's talk about all the good things. Uh oh, fly guy just came into the room. She put on a hat. Let's get ready. So I thought it would be really fun for our listeners, one, to meet you and to hear kind of how you and I work together, yeah. um, but to also hear a little bit about what we uh, talk about in The Innate Journey, mm-hmm. um, which is sex is a big part of it. So do you want to do you want to start with telling people the story you tell people about how we met? Uh, well, sure. Yeah, I can, yeah. I can start there. I, I mean, it doesn't have anything to do with the sex part yet. But Don't get confused. That's right. We keep, <laughs> we, keep, we keep people interested. We keep people interested in the show. You the never story. know with me and bless you. Just never know. <laughs> no, but I thought we could talk a little bit about how we met and then yeah, that's important. the innate journey. Yeah. I think it informs us to a T. So, <laughs> <laughs> so literally, um, when I met Bliss, she was the CFO of the sanctuary which was this amazing beautiful um freestanding birth center in venice um on venice and inglewood actually and um i think i start i think i came in as i was helping kim i was doing one of the the mommy and me groups one of the baby uh-huh. arms and then i was just like well maybe i don't know and i started my apprenticeship um, my pre- my apprenticeship with you guys. And I remember saying to you over and over and over again, actually, then I was not the only one because there was no. me and there was Kim Durden and there, there was a whole bunch of us there. And we would just kind of look at you and just say, don't you want to be a midwife? And you were <laughs> like, oh, absolutely not. Nope, nope, definitely nope. not. All that responsibility, it just totally scares me. No, no, no. And literally for years, I kept asking you. But what was also interesting is that you kept saying, we should do something, we should do something. And it wasn't until you closed the sanctuary that you decided that, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to, I'm going to be a midwife. Yeah, I started studying before I closed it, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, you started studying. And then she absolutely wooed me like we should do something together Hayes we should work together we should and I was just like what is going on with her why is she so insistent that we do something like she has much more experience than I do in all these things like what's Mm. going on it was if you pursued me the way I've dreamt a man would pursue me <laughs> just like go for well, it and just be like well, I'm gonna welcome. keep going <laughs> I'm welcome thank you yeah no like oh my gosh she was like I'm gonna I'm gonna keep coming I'm gonna keep asking I'm gonna keep trying it was exactly. amazing exactly and then when we actually came together because she asked me if I would um support her in birth and I said Yes, it was seamless. She was absolutely right, which, you know, I had to like <laughs> suck it up and be like, you were right. She's almost always absolutely right. I know. Oh, you guys it's, I mean, it's true. It's true. Oh. And it was just effortless, our working together. Yes. It was yes. very much fun. And um, a lot of words weren't necessary. Like we did a lot of telepathy. Yeah. And a lot of just 
we're, we're in there, we're just looking at each other, but we know exactly what we're saying. And we've had some amazing, beautiful times. We've had some really deep, challenging times. And that's been for both of us and just the amazing support and love um, throughout it, throughout our journey. And then we started talking about, she was like, you know what, I, I think we should, I think we should do something. And I was like, yeah, we should, because there's a lot that was missing for me. So, and you were like, there was a lot missing for me. And out of what we felt we needed for our journey in pregnancy and relationships, we actually, you know, put something together, curated something that would support the absolute things that we found were big gaping holes. In, exactly. Right? Yeah. So we put together this childbirth education class that listeners have heard me refer to called the innate journey. And mm -hmm. a big part of, of what we do is we talk about sex um, and why, why all would we talk the time all the time? And why would we talk about sex? Because, you know, if you think about um, most childbirth education classes that people are doing, we're trying to prepare the dad, the partner to be supportive for the mama. And one of the ways that is a really easy in with, with these partners, especially the masculine feminine dynamic, but, but also same sex couples yeah. um, is, is you know already how to woo her. You already her know. Soft. You already know how to make her soft. Mm -hmm. That's what you did in the first place. <laughs> and obviously right. you did it well so <laughs> let's capitalize <laughs> on that and and figure out how to keep that oxytocin flowing flowing to get those endorphins going and the dopamine just like like get all the hormones up there mixing and juicy and do it yeah <laughs> it's so much um, better by the way, um, because this is a podcast, nobody gets to see all your your hand movements. <laughs> but I can't say it without it. You know, it's a, it's a part of it. Whenever we're in the class, you notice when we start talking about it, my hands do this whole juicy movement, this yep. whole churning and like you're making biscuits. <laughs> so, yep. so maybe that'll be the clip, but, but I'll just tell you <laughs> that, that Hayes has a whole dance movement going with that so sex okay so oxytocin is the primary initiator of labor most of us know this so that comes from hugging and chocolates and um laughter. dim lights and um yeah laughter I so that is the thing that we want to facilitate in the birth room it's one of the things too that's really missing in a hospital room because Absolutely. it's it's the opposite of oxytocin producing that not to say that you cannot create that but you've got to do some work in, well, in fear, getting it when you're when you're in the hospital and you're surrounded by people who are nervous or you're nervous then your hormonal cocktail you're putting out is going to suppress the the, the uh release of oxytocin right yeah, as, yeah is, as is probably the use of pitocin going yes, to right. also suppress your natural oxytocin. You yeah, couldn't yeah. be more right about, you know, again, my contribution to this conversation is going to be things like, could there be anything more antithetical to mammalian uh, birth than the hospital model? 
Right. Any, right. Any, I no, agree. So you guys are coming up with ways to try to not fix it because you can't fix it, but to to navigate it though. Yeah, navigate it. That's the word. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. See, for, usually, sure. usually Bliss finishes my sentences, but now Hayes, <laughs> Hayes and Bliss are the same person, so they, they both finish my sentences. It's, great. <laughs> it's double trouble today. Now you're um, But so yeah, we, we want to definitely make sure that um, they take ownership of the sexual event that birth is in a hospital setting, you know, and sometimes what that looks like with my clients is, you know, I... I tell them to go into the bathroom. I said, so this is what's happening. It's slowing down a little bit. Any moment now they're gonna come in and they're gonna say that they want to you know, give you some Pitocin. I'm gonna say, go into the bathroom and do what you gotta do and make, you know, make it happen. And I'm gonna say, bring your tools and bring your little toys if you want to. You know, There's a lot um, that I bring in my, my bag of tricks and one of them uh, is to encourage them if, they're, if they need some, stimulation if they need some a little bit extra to provide that for themselves bring the I, toy I, I really did think you were gonna say in your bag of trips you had toys to give to them <laughs> um, no, they got, they you bring gotta bring your toys. own toys we're not sharing nope nope <laughs> 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 but you know it's, it's an interesting conversation to begin because if they're embarrassed to bring some toys to a birth. That's the first opening, the, the, the crack into the conversation around the healing that I know I need to start. You know, are you, are you okay with saying what you need? How you like it? How fast, how slow, how hard, how soft? Can you, you know, support your own tissues in birth? Are you embarrassed to masturbate? And if they are, then that's where the work begins because it's, yeah. That's where it, that's what it is. I was just gonna say this really does start in pregnancy mm -hmm. because you can't you can't expect a partner or a woman or a birthing person to be able to just all of a sudden jump into that if you haven't prepared them or talked to them and facilitated those conversations in pregnancy. Exactly. So um, a lot of times I will say to people you know, before we get to, you know, the part where we're trying to get people to maybe, you know, initiate labor by having sex, right? Mm -hmm. Way earlier, talking to people about their relationship and how are things going? And then, you know, ask, are you guys are having you sex? <laughs> are you still having sex? How's it going? Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you start that mid-pregnancy, you know, then you're, then you get to start to get deeper and deeper with them. And if they're like, Hey said, if there's somebody who's really uncomfortable or you can tell, no, we're not having sex. Um, you know, then you can start to talk about the benefits of having sex through pregnancy. Mm -hmm. So one of them is preparing the cervix. Another one is, um, the connection that they're feeling and then start in our, in our class, um, Stu, a lot of times we start to talk about too, like, let's expand the definition of what we're talking about when we say sex, sex isn't always penetration, you know, in the postpartum uh -huh. period. No, it's not my friend. Right. <laughs> that was a joke. That, that, that was a guy joke. Okay. That was a guy okay. joke. Um, in the postpartum period, there's going to be a period of time. You know, we we say the six weeks, but there are lots of women who are not ready after six weeks to have 
penetrative sex. So let's start to talk about how can you be intimate? How can you facilitate connection in your relationship and and in that cultivating this connection and sexiness during your labor uh, time together now in pregnancy? Mm -hmm. How do we start to open up that dialogue? How do we talk about Tantra exercises and things like that, that will help them feel connected? Because the reality is, is that many, many relationships will dissolve within the first year after having a baby. We know this to be true. Yes, that's very true. Yeah. So let's not wait until people are having issues postpartum. Let's start to talk to them in pregnancy about mm-hmm. how things are going to change, how her body's going to change, how what she likes might change, how the roles are going to change, you know, and how a lot of people will um, have sex as kind of a fallback when they feel disconnected. Well, what if that's not available? That to is you? not on the table. Yeah. It's just not. So to hone that intimacy and to have, you know, I mean, there's nothing that is as well besides sex that's as good as when the minds just really meld together and you're having a transparent sharing and conversation of what matters to you and what you are witnessing and what you see just like that that deep dive into their that space and place that's between them and just bringing it more cohesively together so that they thrive and they become more it is a, a rite of passage for that birthing family, and it is going to change and to shift. And it doesn't necessarily mean that it's a bad thing and that they're losing something. I believe that our class helps them with the perspective that they become enhanced and become more of what's great about them. And that this this rite of passage that they're going through is an opportunity for them to reintroduce themselves to each other to you know, be like, hi, I'm the birth mother. Who are you? <laughs> you know, because you're right. They are, you know, everything's different. There's, and if they're first time parents, there's three babies. There's not just one baby. If they're first time parents, they're all figuring it out. And one of the things they have to figure out is who they are as people to each other. You know, that birthing woman is a different woman. She's, she's gone from being what I always say being a mortal to an immortal and back again and she's been opened up to source and then she's slowly closing back up there's like a whole thing that has to happen I'm like you need to woo her all over again you need to see who she is and you know and make it sexy you make her engaged have it be compassionate like just but it's gonna be slow like courting like old school like make things nice for her, find out what she wants and how, how she wants to be touched and how she wants to be held and what she's looking forward to, like light her up. Bliss, you know what time it is. It's time to talk about boobies. Boobies, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it's, it's, you know what? I can't help but say the word bamboobies. I just like to say bamboobies. I'm gonna keep saying bamboobies. And I want everybody at home listening right now on three. One, two, three. Bamboobies. Bamboobies. <laughs> there you go. So bamboobies is? 
And Boobies is a is an amazing company that um, supports the comfort of mom and baby, and they um, have a lot of amazing products that are all in support of the environment. And um, their original line was all made with bamboo, but they've really expanded. Um, so they have teas and salves and all kinds of amazing things that are good for the environment, which is a big, big um, thing for me in choosing products to recommend to my clients. So go to their um, website at bamboobies.com and look at their store. They have lots of great stuff in there, including the um, uh, organic nipple balm, as well as the, the breast pads and stuff that Bliss loves so much. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you go to bamboobies.com and you put in the code word instincts, that's I-N-S-T-I-N-C-T-S, um, you'll get 25% off of your purchase. Great. Thanks, bamboobies. Thanks, bamboobies. So one of the things that we do in um, our class Tantra doesn't have to be something that's really like, I think people think about Tantra and they think about Kama Sutra. I think they is, do too. Yeah, which is like all these crazy positions. But Tantra is really about connection. So mm -hmm. one of the things that we do in the class that's very um, simple is we have them sit face to face in a very kind of intimate way, like, you know, with her legs straddling him so that they're very close and to eye gaze, to stare into each other's eyes. And you'd be surprised at how many lovers, how many partners um, have do never it. done this before. Have They're never, so you know. uncomfortable. Yeah. yeah. But then they go from this kind of giggly, like awkward, like thing to like embracing each other and, mm -hmm. and kissing each other and being very loving. And, and you just see them melt, you know, it's like, sometimes, yeah, sometimes tears. It's just, mm -hmm. a, it's a very simple thing to do. And then we send them home with homework to do massage and, you know, in between. So it's, it, we're getting, we show them strokes, you know, we give them some tips on things that they can do. And again, this is something that they're practicing. She can give him feedback. He's practicing not getting defensive. Um, mm -hmm. And so that they can utilize this skill when they're in labor. Um, so these don't have to be super complex things. They're very, they're very small and subtle. Mm -hmm. um, and then when you get into the birth room and, and you, um, you know, one of the things we tell the, the partners is set up the environment like you would if you were, if you were, you know, setting up your apartment for her to come over the first time, you know, you guys are probably going to get it on, mm -hmm. you know? So the candles, maybe not the wine, the candles. The and the, yeah. And the music and the smells and the touches. And, you know, that's going to be the thing that's going to help labor continue to progress. And when we talk about the throat and the yoni or the vagina being connected, you know, Ina May talks about this all the time. Um, you know, that's why we have the um, sounds that come from a woman be soft and guttural and low because you want to keep her her throat nice and soft because it responds and correlates to your vagina and your yoni being nice and soft and open or opening. So another thing that a partner can do is deep, uh, passionate mouth open mouth kisses if she's up, if she's into it you know this is something that can move things forward if she's if you notice that she's kind of locked up and having a difficult time um yes yeah i i love this is how you know it's good <laughs> <laughs> when 
you see that that partner, because these exercises work with same sex, it doesn't even matter. It's just about the love, right? Yeah. So it's when that partner sees what's needed and starts the process and you see their face become all just love filled and sensual and very sexy. Like all of a sudden they see the truth of who that partner is and they're looking at them like they could absolutely devour them. And then the mom after going through a surge turns and looks at them and the eyes lock and this slight little smile comes on their little face and you know, it's palpable in the room. I love it if it starts to feel like I should not be there. Exactly. <laughs> I should not be watching. Like I should not be watching this. Ooh, of course I'm watching through my my fingers. And you know it's perfect if some a nurse comes in or the doctor comes in and they come in ready to like say something and they're like, ooh, ooh, oh. And they just run out the room. It's the best thing ever. You know, that creates a space and an understanding that this is a sexual act. This is a sensual place. It's all about the mammalian, you know, birth pra practice. And it is sacred. It's not another day at work. Right. That's them taking ownership of their space. Correct. Stu, did you have a question? Yeah, I have, I, have, I have two questions that I've been... Um, Hayes, you said something about... For, the, for the, the man to find out what she wants. And so my question would be is, how, how, does, how, how and when to do that? Um, it's, it's like you're talking about, I, I think you're talking about it prenatally or even ideally. Talking like, about it prenatally. Ideally while they're dating before they've even gotten married, but, but <laughs> you, don't, you don't see them then. So, but it, it, it's, to, it's to find out what she wants and how, uh, how do you do, you, do you, do you just directly ask them? Is there a way that you approach I, that? I've actually gotten good at this the past you know, few years in this pandemic because there people were thrown together, right? And you might've thought you liked this person and then you find out you didn't, but it's also about liking yourself and being able to be transparent about what you desire. So I will do exercises and we do conference, we have very real conversations. And then I actually speak to the fact that it's a sexual act because usually they're not thinking that. They don't right. even, all of it's taken out of the act of having a baby there, you know, and I put it back in. So I'm starting with the fact that this is a physiological event. It's a sexual event. We are animals. We just walk upright on two feet. And I just kind of normalize the things that will happen in it. And when I start to do that and say, okay, so this time something's coming out of your yoni, but you're used to something coming in. When something's coming in, how do you like that? How does it feel? Do you like it harder or faster, slower or soft? Do you like, I start asking and they start laughing. And, you know, and then I'm like, seriously, this is the same thing. So if she needs you to help her manage a surge and bring that oxytocin up and she needs you to do that, are you gonna be able to you know, give her nipple stimulation with your mouth? Are you gonna be comfortable with that? Can you take direction if she says a little softer, a little harder? So you're, facilitating, I, you're facilitating it. Is that- Take it off into it. Is, yeah, so it's not something that the, 
you, you say here, you know, find out what she wants and then send them off and you help no. them with the communication process. How to do it, yeah. Right, and because th you're right. Most, many couples have never talked to each other like that. They haven't. And, and the second part of my question, which is along the same lines is, God, there's gotta be cultural differences. Um, yes. And so if you get couples that are from certain parts of the world um, or couples that are, yep. you know, that are mixed couples from, you know, different cultures, yeah, um, we express each other, we express things differently. And some people are very uh, about being sitting, sitting two inches away from their person face to face like that. That would that would be very uncomfortable for some. So do you adjust mm -hmm. those things in your uh, innate journey? Um, do you try to make people get through that? Because obviously, it's, it, I would think it would be almost universal if you could get to that point where things are going to go more smoothly with the birth. I have been able to get to that point. I have been able to, you know, so there's a lot of, depending on where they're from and depending on what we're, we're speaking about, some of that is shame. And it's some of that is, is inherited through a family heirloom. Some of it is religious and some of it's not, right? So I really speak to, if they're religious and this is what's coming in for them and the shame and the, and the guilt and all of that, I usually speak to the fact that the, uh, the God I know is a very loving God has this, that has created this place of wonder and magic and has created this beauty that is in us. And it's nothing to be ashamed of. And I, you know, and I say, I know that this is what has been taught. I understand that. And I want you for this moment in your time to love yourself, love yourself and not have any shame about the body that was gifted to you to be expressive in that name. And they can hear that. They absolutely can hear it and get it. Um, I do a lot of Orthodox um, births. I do a lot of Muslim births. I do a lot of um, Catholic births. And I think the reason why I'm able to do that, why they feel safe is because I'm speaking to them in particular and creating it for them. I'm curating their experience to get to a place where they can have ownership and she will feel comfortable protecting her own tissues in a birth space and free. And I'm doing that in the speak, in the talk, in the, the scripture that they can understand. Whether it's the Bible, it's the Quran, it's, you know, I can, the Kabbalah. And I can find it because it's there. You know, so many of us, by the time we get to that point in our lives, are wounded. And yeah. I'm listening to you talk, both of you, um, and I'm saying, wow, never, never um, would there be a better time to try to start to heal those wounds and take this advantage, the, the, the beauty of the pregnancy and the, and the miracle that God has given and granted the two of you and to fix yourself. And yeah. that's what I'm hearing from you. To heal and just and just listening to you right now, both of you, you know, I said I I've said to myself, I wish I knew all that you're telling me now. I wish I knew that before because it makes so much sense, and I think I would have been so much better a practitioner wow. had I brought that knowledge to the last thirty six years of of birthing. I mean, I think I did a pretty good job. I think we have, 
-hmm. but boy this is this is yeah so it's so different for me to hear that and think like in these hour sessions i remember bliss when we first started doing this and and would i have an hour prenatal visit and and i will always joke with you guys like, like how do you talk for an hour what do you talk about yeah. because, <laughs> because I, a, I i would be done you know i, I could maybe do 30 minutes maybe 40 but after yeah. that time there's really nothing but now with, with this added thing that you guys have just brought up yeah that that would be so great that would be so great that would actually fill up the last 20 minutes <laughs> it would it's so healing for them and what bliss and i hear all the time every single time is this has changed my perspective on not only myself my relationship with myself my relationship with my partner how i view life and then they go and they take it to their friends so i have men constantly telling me that they're sharing this information they're sharing it with their friends they're starting father groups dad groups they are bringing it into their work i have a my trainer i was blessed to help and support them in their birth and he now brings everything that we spoke about everything that he saw in that birth to his physical training practice Love to it. support women to support the partners to show them how to move in their body and support them you know get her in and out up and down all these different things like they just are taking it and running with it and creating a depth in the relationship that they said was not present before our class yes yes it's really yeah, because because birth in a relationship is either going to bring you together or it's going to mm -hmm. it's going to bring you apart. Because if a woman is going through one of the most intense ex physical experiences, emotional experiences, spiritual experiences that she's ever had, and she can't find her partner, like she can't connect with them, she can't feel supported and held. No supportive presence presence yeah. right there for her. Yeah, she's going to be upset. So we're just trying to bridge that. And, and the best way to do that is for her to feel emotionally connected and love, feel love present in the room. Don't we all want to oh, feel love present in the room all the time? So it's just about opening up the dialogue and saying, like, you know how to do this. Do it in the, in the birth room. And here's like, here's some practices so that you know, you, you can't ask someone, a woman or a man, especially the birthing person to all of a sudden come into an intense experience and, and turn something on. You've got to practice Nail it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, these are the conversations that, you know, are, should when, be having prenatally. Yeah. And when we are bringing this up, so one of the things I say, you know, to quote you, Bliss, you know, you already know how to get into her, you already know how to make her soft. Uh -huh. Then my next thing to them is, does she like it? Does she like how you do that? Have you asked her? Uh -huh. If you don't like it, or if you want a little bit more, a little bit stronger, a little bit less, have you shared that with him or her? Yeah. Uh -huh. This is, that's how you get into it. And that's how it starts. And then, you know, cause we all want to be able to be that 
bring that pleasure to our partners and to have them be happy and satisfied and fulfilled. And so it's not something that's going to shut you down. It's something that's going to encourage you to find more. Like how are all the ways that I can, that she would like for me? How can, you know, all of that, like the excitement behind that. And to hear a, a, a partner say, oh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna figure this out. I'm gonna get it. If, if, I don't, if, I, if I now know you are not pleasured every single time, wait, we're gonna be, we're gonna go back to Hayes and we're gonna tell her that every single time. <laughs> You have to go back to Hayes. We're going to tell Hayes (laughs) that it's happened. So I'm so glad, Stu, that you, um, I knew you would enjoy the conversation because just Hayes and I are just silly, but um, I'm so, it was, it really touched my heart to hear you, you share that, that, you know, you can see that this would make such an impact. And that's how Hayes and I felt as women Mm -hmm. birthing, you know, that, Gosh, we wish someone had talked to our partners with like this with us. Um, so that this, oh, this, it would have changed it. This yeah. good stuff that you guys are talking about transcends the birth process. This is how people of should relate to each mm-hmm. other yeah. all the time. I mean, yeah. to the yeah. men who happen to listen to my podcast, what's wrong with you? No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, your woman is giving you the greatest possible gift ever. Mm. All right. So in these situations. You need to put aside your own shit and use it as an opportunity to heal yourself Love and it. thus create the best possible space for this new baby to come into the world. Yes. You have to. I mean, yes. I, as you were talking, I'm thinking about some of the bursts we've had in the last six months where there's been some friction between the husband and the wife and yeah. God, God, you know, if I... I mean, I don't. I couldn't fix that anyway. It's not. It's not my my nature to be able to heal those sorts of things. But mm-hmm. I now know more than I did then, and I would really like to take that guy aside and just have a conversation with him. Yeah. Maybe have him stand like this close to my face <laughs> <laughs> and eye gaze. No tongue, but just eye gazing. Just eye gaze. Get his attention. And yeah. Listen to just listen to what I just said. She's giving you the greatest possible gift. Yeah. So your stuff is is important to you, but you need to heal that and put it aside. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's something that they they forget. You know, I always have have stated this that they that a lot of men have womb amnesia. They come through the sacred portal and then they just forget everything about it right? Oh, they do. And they get, and they, and they give their mothers a hard time. All of it. Right. Right. But if they could understand that witnessing where they came from, watching it provides a healing and a reconnection to self to remember that they too, like their child has come through the sacred portal and that could change the dynamic in that, the rest of that family, generationally. And that begins the whole shift in the conversation around birth. And it brings families and communities more cohesively together. And that's the whole thing. That's what I'm I'm really into. It's like keeping families together, bringing communities into it, really supporting their rebirth, really acknowledging the rite of passage of them becoming the father and the mother that they desire to be. 
you know, this is so, this is so beautiful and so much more important than coming in every two weeks and getting your blood pressure and your weight taken, peeing in a cup and <laughs> yeah. your typical <laughs> prenatal visit, you know, they should just get rid of all that stuff and they should spend their six minutes with their OB talking about this. I'm just being me again, <laughs> bringing, bringing it back to, to reality. This, this model, which you guys describe is so perfect and so beautiful. And it, and it's going to be neglected because it, the, the model doesn't have time for it. Yeah. That's okay. We're going to bring back Midwives big time and Midwives will make time for it. Yeah. 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 So, um, Hayes, thank yes, you love. so much for being here. Thank I you. loved like what you said at the end just now is, is such a beautiful reflection of the kind of practitioner, provider, woman, midwife that you are. I know you don't have your license yet, but in my mind, you are absolutely a midwife who's just doing the, you know, bureaucratic BS to- uh, Almost done. Yes, yes. Yeah, well, you know, honestly, I didn't know you weren't licensed yet because- I Really? Consider, oh, I consider you to be a midwife in every aspect of, of everything, yeah. 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 I didn't even know that. I know you come to birth with bliss or- yeah a couple of the other midwives in town and i, I support all the, a lot of midwives yeah, I, and i just didn't know it was that <laughs> you weren't a midwife i thought you were just being like the other midwife no i'm a so masculinist too yeah yeah so thank you for making time i know you're so busy you were recovering from a birth and you made time to be here with us and you know i i'm i'm just always so happy to be in your presence and to hear your wisdom and to laugh with you and dance with you so thank you for being here um can you tell people how they can find you of course we're going to put it in the show notes but would you just tell people um how they can find you Sure. Um, the best way to find me is on Instagram because mm-hmm. uh, I don't have a website. Bliss is going to kill me. Um, no, it's it's so unnecessary these days. That's how everybody's doing it. Perfect. I got a link tree. Um, so yeah, I'm on Instagram at I am Hayes Hawk Rosen, and you can find the Victoria Project on Instagram as well. But if you want to go straight to the website, it's www um the hyphen victoria project hyphen uh, hyphen in between the victoria project.com and it's all lowercase and all our information is there if you like to donate we provide a lot of resources to these families um and if you want to find a way to support and to show up please reach out me 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 call on me <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna get you in there i know i know so um so we're gonna Stu and i are gonna wrap up but um you can stay on or drop off whatever you need to do because i know you're a busy lady thanks again sweetheart and we'll be talking really soon thank you love you guys love you too Bye. Bye bye wow that was Great, that right? was not the kind of sex i was expecting oh no <laughs> no, <laughs> no, that that was not intimidating whatsoever. That that was uh, beautiful. That was a beautiful oh, conversation, right? Good. I thought you would enjoy it. I knew I'm, that you. Would, I knew that you were pulling my leg the whole time about the about, about we're going to talk about sex. It's like, <laughs> right. but you did talk about sex. It's just, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Um. So, thank you for being you, and um, I guess we'll uh, wrap up. Until the next time.
yeah, I mean, um, yeah, until next time, I, I just want to say one last thing I did have, I forgot to say earlier, mm-hmm. I did have lunch today with uh, uh, Dula Carmen and, and my mentor and OB extraordinaire, Paul Crane today. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was marvelous. I hadn't really sat down with Paul for a long, long time. And mm. we, both, we both grew up in the same town. And we, you know, he's like 10 years ahead of me or something like that, maybe even a little bit more. Uh, still loves his job, loves working. You know, he's been beaten up by the system a little bit. But boy, um, he is a rare breed. There aren't, there aren't enough yeah. of them. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I... And I and I just, it was just a, a marvelous lunch. And I, uh, being in his presence was, was, I, you know, I, I don't know. I just felt this, attra- this, uh, this attraction to that's what's missing. He doesn't, he's a, he's a, he's a, a unicorn at Cedars too. So he doesn't have that support system either. Yeah. You know, he's, he's getting peer reviewed for one of the, cases of twins he took for us mm. right he so he, he he's taking blows to help our clients um get the get the births that they that they want so well he's old enough that he's like i'm almost done i don't care you know i think i would think so but i i don't get that from him i don't get a sense that he's worn out no 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 i mean just like <sighs> you know they can peer review me i know what i'm doing i know what i love you know yeah yeah, but it's so unjust of because, course. He's, because he's the best OB there. He is. Technically speaking, by my definition of OBs, he's, he and Barry Brock are the only two OBs that still exist at that hospital. I agree. <laughs> that, would be my, that would be my feeling too. All right, so Bliss, we'll see you um, next time. Okay. Uh, until then. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to the Birthing Instincts podcast. We know that we all lead busy lives, so we are extremely grateful that you give us an hour of your time each week. If you enjoyed this episode, please share. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for the latest updates and reviews. To help others join us, you can find Dr. Stu at Birthing Instincts and Bliss at Birthing Bliss Midwifery on Instagram. 